Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast. Here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buker. Rick Buker. Welcome to a very special episode of Buker and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1. You can read me for at least a little while longer on Bleacher Report. You can hear me on Fox Sports Radio, but there's only one place you can hear me talking about what I consider the most important topics in the sports world, Uh, primarily NBA, but not exclusively. And you'll note that I introduced this as not a Buker friendless episode because I was about to say that that. you were. Yeah. So that other voice is the voice of Matt Buker. Uh, oh, by the way, you can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at Rick Bucher, R-I-C-B-U-C-H-E-R. Matt, where where can they find you? It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, where it, do they? It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, you don't want to tell them. No. Nah, okay. Sorry. All right. He's a lurker. <laughs> anyway, Matt, uh, sixteen, junior in high school. Yeah. And considered a savant when it comes to fantasy football right now, right? Among my friends. <laughs> Okay, well, it's among somebody. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I thought it would be interesting to have Matt on because I'm curious about a number of things. We can talk We can talk NBA, we can talk sports for sure, uh-huh. but I'm also just curious because we've never had this conversation and maybe we shouldn't be having it the first time publicly, <laughs> but, but let's see how it goes. What's it like for you to have a dad in the business um i don't think it's ever really affected me that much i know my friends know about it and it'll come up sometimes but it's never been that important and i will say it's it's never been that important up until recently because i have uh been or I've signed up to write for the school paper and I've signed up to do a radio show for the school so people have then taken it back to oh you do the same thing that I just signed up to do and they're like okay we need to have like we need to advertise this as oh Rick Buecher's son inside scoop you know what I mean interesting okay all right. Well, the truth is, so Matt went to Summer League, Las Vegas Summer League with me a year ago, and it was 
particularly valuable because you've been following a lot of the players through college that I had not. You were more familiar with some of the guys that we were going to see than I was. Well, yeah, I not just through college, through high school. I I've watched Tyler Hero since I've watched his Ball is Life mixtape since his sophomore year, so See, this is what's different about you growing up now versus yeah. when I grew up. Uh-huh. Because we didn't know. Like, you didn't know about – you didn't have access yeah. to somebody who was already a star in high school. Uh-huh. And you're catching that all through YouTube primarily? Yeah, primarily. Yeah. And then you you have the ability to follow them through social media, right? Yeah, yeah. So it can pop up on Bleach Report or they have a highlight there. And you see their highlights there, and then you go follow them, and you look at their Ball's Life stuff and what they're ranked and all that kind of stuff. By the way, you can hold the microphone like it's not like a piece of paper. (laughs) 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 Matt's got the two-finger approach to the microphone. Like, I don't know. It's an English cup of tea. I'm not sure what you have going on there. Uh, So how do you first hear about a player? That's actually difficult. Usually I just see it on YouTube. Okay. Because Ball's Life covers all those five-star guys. Okay. And so it'll pop up on, like, the trending page, or I, I'm subscribed to them so I can see it from there. And then they probably have more than one game of that guy, and you can just watch all of them. Yeah. So one of, one of the reasons that I, I was asking you about what it was like for you uh, to have me – working in a business that you follow avidly and your friends follow avidly. Cause you said once or twice, like you've asked me about some prediction I've made or some, something that I said and your friends were like bullying you over it or asking not, you questions, not bullying me over it, but they've asked me questions about it. Okay. It sounded like bullying to me. I mean, <laughs> bullying in the current sense. You guys use the word bullying a little bit different than yeah. I mean, in my day and age, bullying meant like somebody was beating the snot out of you, not like just uh, I don't know teasing you yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So in, in in any case, the we're recording this right after the Clippers were eliminated by oh the Denver Nuggets, God. right? Yeah. And first of all, have you seen my Twitter feed? I, I know we'll we'll look over during the game and I'll just see your you looking down at your phone and I I know it's, it's probably Twitter. It's brutal. <laughs> like my mentions, I don't even I click it on and I update it and then I, and I close it again right away because I do not want I just I just don't want to see it right now. I need yeah. a couple days and I can go back and I'll laugh about it. But right now it, it kind of hurts. It's close to the bone. Uh, not as close to the bone from, as Marcellus Wiley, who's just like an, an unmitigated uh, fan of the Clippers. I'm not. I'm not a fan of teams. I do. My pride is involved when I predict something. Yeah, right? when you say they're gonna win. And yes, they're... and then they get knocked out in the second round. Especially for me, when I I, I sort of violate my own code in making that prediction. For example, like I believe that chemistry is important. I believe that playing hard and learning how to be consistent and disciplined in your play is important. And I knew that the Clippers were not always that. Mm -hmm. 
And but I just thought that their talent was so great, and Kawhi Leonard and Doc Rivers had rings, so they knew where they had to get to. Yeah. And you had all these guys motivated to change that Clippers. Like, I told myself a story that uh-huh. would make the things that I saw okay. And perhaps the first thing that really bothered me is, because I thought, okay, so you got Paul George, you got Kawhi Leonard, but you got Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams coming off the bench. So that depth, when... When other teams go to their second team, they're they're going to have an advantage. No matter where it is, it's going to be like the Warriors in their heyday, pre-KD. Uh-huh. Like, you go to the bench, and they're either going to protect the lead or they're going to expand it. They're not going to give it away. Yeah. And the problem is is that I was still thinking of, Mont- uh, of Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell to a certain extent, but Lou Williams in particular, against the Warriors last year in the first round when he was the primary scorer uh-huh. and the numbers that he put up. Yeah. And then I looked at his previous years in the playoffs, and he was pretty much what he was this year. He always falls off. And that was another one of my principles that I violated because Lou Williams, and you and your sister kid me all the time, does not have a fundamentally sound game. His shooting is always off balance. And everybody's like finds it remarkable that he scores the way he does uh-huh. in spite of being off balance. But in the playoffs, you're like your fundamentals have to be tight because yeah. the pressure is there. So that's, that's why LeBron, you know, still to me is still iffy as a three point shooter under pressure because uh-huh. he's not, he's not square. He's yeah. always kind of drifting one way or the other. Right. And he has that one, where he looks down at the ball and then he takes he takes his jab step back and then takes a shot and he you can look at they have like com- compilations I think it is compilations of just his compilations. like uh, compilations of just him doing that yeah like multiple through any most of the time he makes it but it's he did that against Patrick Beverly Patrick Beverly got the ball right away he stole it right away because he knows what's coming and I think that's that can't you can't have that right right you can't have the poker tells yeah you can't where, be predictable right exactly and the other part is that in the playoffs they take away whatever you're good at the first thing that you're good at they take that away because mm-hmm. they can game plan for it and that's why Pascal Siakam struggled because he had he had exactly. never he had never been in that situation where he yep. had to be the main guy and they were focusing on taking his uh, strength away. Mm-hmm. So once they took his strength away, he didn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. But now we've seen that a couple of times. And then the other part with Montrez is the fact that Montrez, because of his grandmother dying, mm-hmm. wasn't in the bubble right away. He clearly was not working out during the shutdown. Mm-hmm. And Montrez is a straight up energy guy. So if he's not in condition. I don't know what percentage you put on it, but like f- that takes away 50%, 60% of his game. Yeah. He's not the same player. And he, I mean, against Dallas, Seth Curry was out-rebounding him. When you're in the playoffs, and like we just said, the other team's trying to take things away from your game, you can't be taking away, things away from your game. Right. Like, you have to be on your best game. So when they do take those things away, you have second options. You can't be... Doing that for them, taking things away so they don't have to. Right. So what I'm most curious about, the one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is because 
we are now in the conference finals. We have the Nuggets versus the Lakers, and we have the Heat versus the Celtics. And you are predicting who is going to win it all? The Heat. The Miami Heat. I, I, I think the Heat have everything. No. I, I think Jimmy, you can see it when he plays. He, he's not only can go get a bucket, he talks to his teammates. He leads his teammates. He, he tells them what he's doing. They're, that whole team is on the same page. And they have Bam, who just the, I think last night it was, mm-hmm. he was guarding Jason Tatum. Yeah. Like, what five do you have that guards That's a good point. Play, like playmaking threes, the main threes? If it's Heat versus Lakers, that's going to be a nightmare for Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Having Bam having Bam guard them? Yeah. Well, particularly particularly Bam against LeBron. Yeah. Because you saw what he did against Giannis. Uh-huh. And LeBron is better for sure. Uh-huh. But LeBron doesn't have a post game and if he can't get downhill on you, you saw what Miami did to Giannis. It's it's again, LeBron is a better player in my mind, a much more complete player. But they rely a lot on the same thing, which is being able to beat you in transition. And the Heat were building that wall and forcing Giannis to play in a half court set time after time after time. And that's where yeah, I, I think you I think you're right if they get there. If they get there. And you know what's funny is when you first said it, I thought, okay, he's sixteen years old. He's just getting into this. He uh, he likes Tyler Hero. I found uh-huh. all these reasons to minimize why the idea that you were picking the Heat. Uh-huh. And then today, I was texting a bunch of people in the league, like scouts, assistant coaches. Just started feeling them out. Like, so what do you think? Is the, like, I, and I, and one of the questions I had was, uh, so is the champion coming out of the West? And I got, not necessarily. Yeah. The feeling is every team, like there's no, there's no weak sister here. Mm. Every team, depending on the matchups, could potentially make it happen. So I still think you're probably, it's an edgy pick for you. Yeah. But it's not a crazy one by, by any stretch. So good on you for that. Now, the, the other thing that I'm curious about, because you first... Like there was a time where you were a Jimmy Butler fan. I felt like when he was in Chicago. I feel like you became oh, a Jimmy Butler fan. Maybe a little bit. And then I felt like you fell off being a Jimmy Butler fan. And now I don't know where you are, but you're you're expecting him in the Heat to win a championship, so you can't be anti Jimmy Butler. Uh, yeah, I'm. I, I would say I'm a Jimmy, Jimmy Butler fan again. I think his. He went through from Chicago up until now. He went through a whole mindset change. And it was that middle of his career where he's unsure about being a leader and about his position on the team. And I feel like in Miami, it's clear. Hmm. Like he's, it's clear that he's the top guy and the guy, the leader. So I think that's easier for him to know his place on the team and talk to other guys mm-hmm. and for everyone to know what's happening and all their chemistry to be right. Yeah. Because I feel like he didn't have that with his other teams. So I told you what his nickname in Chicago was, right? 
No. His nickname in Chicago was Hostile Takeover. <laughs> oh. Because he wanted to be the leader in the worst way. And he wanted to displace Derrick Rose, who was struggling th- with injuries. Yeah. Like, he was like, okay, Derrick, you know, Derrick can't do it, but I can. And the guys in the locker room were like, no, Derrick's our guy. Like, yeah. We're not giving this to you, Jimmy, just because you want it. Uh-huh. So that didn't go well. And then he goes to Minnesota, and he goes where there are already young stars in place. Uh-huh. And he now he wants to lead them. And they're like, uh, we were already here. Yeah. So and then he goes to Philadelphia, same thing. I think what really made it work in Miami was, number one, he developed a relationship with Dwayne Wade in Chicago. A good oh, one. Oh, yeah. And Dwayne Wade, tight with Pat, with Spo. Dwayne was going to say, he was going to give the stamp of approval that this guy is the guy. Mm-hmm. And he came in where there were no established stars. Yeah. You know, Drogic, good player, not an established star. Mm-hmm. So it was ready made for him. I have had people tell me, I shouldn't say people. Um, one scout was telling me he thinks Miami would is the only place that it would work with Jimmy Butler. Like it was the ideal situation for him, but he doesn't know how many other situations you could bring Jimmy Butler into it. And it would work because, because of the way Pat Riley rewards hard work, uh-huh. because of Dwayne Wade giving him the stamp of approval, because it was a young team that was looking for somebody who could lead. Like all of those things, it was the perfect storm uh-huh. for Jimmy to find his place. Yeah. Um, and then I do think you're right, though. I think, he's, I think he's mellowed. I think after you get the bad rap in enough places uh-huh. – People are saying, oh, maybe it wasn't Minnesota or Philly or like maybe it wasn't a problem there. I think it was a problem. I think yeah. he was I think he was a problem. He's just he's he's learned he's learned his lessons. I, I think he has. I think he's uh him and I know him and Tyler Hero have a great relationship. I've seen that um they've worked out together a lot. Um I've seen some interviews with both of them where Tyler Hero has said that Jimmy Butler's his guy. Like that's who that's his veteran and that's who's going to teach him the game. Yeah. So I'm curious, do you who do you who do you like in the West? Do you think this is this is the Lakers now or do you think the Nuggets have a chance? I'm yeah, I don't like either teams in the West. Why I, not? Why why don't you like the Lakers? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner 3 days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Uh, I don't like the Lakers because. I think Braun is God. I, it's just that their team. Yeah, they've survived, and yeah, they've gotten through it. But I don't. I feel like they're not on the same page all the time. It's interesting you say that because I feel like we, what we've seen from Boston, Miami, and Denver 
is it's clear that those guys like each other and they play for each other. Yeah. And I can't, just when I watch the body language of the Lakers, I think Braun and AD get to, uh, get along. Yeah. I think uh, KCP is probably in the mix with those guys. Mm-hmm. But, and they respect Caruso doing what he does. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that Rondo and LeBron... I think Rondo likes playing with LeBron. I think LeBron resents Rondo being the leader that he is. And, and yeah. it was, there was something that happened the other night that I that I was. It was in the blowout, the last game mm-hmm. uh, of the last series, and against the Rockets, mm-hmm. and all of the young players were out there, and you could hear. This is the beauty of watching games in the bubble. Yeah. You could hear Rondo coaching the young players up who were on the floor. Rondo wasn't playing. He was doing it from the bench. Mm-hmm. And it was Horton Tucker, whoever it was that he was talking to. But he was, he was clearly talking to him. And he was doing a lot of talking while those guys were out there. And the camera panned to LeBron. And LeBron was like, LeBron had this look. Like he was <laughs> looking in Rondo's direction. And he had this kind of look like, all right, dude, you got to be doing like it just it, now I, anybody who wants to accuse me of reading into this, you know, fine. But it was just one of those moments where I go, eh, I bet that doesn't just knowing Braun and wanting to be the guy. I could see how that might rub him a little the wrong way. Well, and I think it's also I don't know that Braun does that. He, oh, no, he doesn't coach the young guys up. Yeah. No, 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 no. Trust me. Because I've been to practices. Like, LeBron is very much, this is my clique. This is my crew. And and even last year, Rondo was beloved. It was actually it was just kind of the same with Jimmy and Dwayne. Like, Rondo's always been that guy. He was that guy in Chicago. That's why the young guys loved him in Chicago. And we're looking at Dwayne and, and Jimmy like, uh, yeah, you guys might be the vets. but And you might, you're blaming us for stuff. But it's not like you've been telling us what to do. So I, I think you're right. I, I, I just I don't think that's what he likes to do. And the other night I saw Horton Tucker getting minutes. Yeah, that's that's not good for for the Lakers because although like he's a rookie and he's getting minutes, that's good. But like him being out there with Braun, yeah, that you don't like that's a bad chemistry to have out on the floor. Why? Because I'm guessing because Rondo's the one coaching all of them up. Yeah, Horton Tucker probably. Oh yeah, he thinks LeBron's really good. But if Braun's not willing to at least talk to him and like coach him up a little bit, I I don't think he has like good feelings towards LeBron. I I feel like they were I feel like Frank Vogel was just trying to burn some minutes. Oh, okay. At that point, that was the only reason that he had Horton Tucker out there, and it's throwing a bone to rob palinka the gm because it becomes a storyline oh look at this this yeah undrafted rookie who's getting minutes and da da da. i think i do think you're right there's no way in hell in a real game in a meaningful situation yeah they're putting horton tucker out there with lebron yeah because lebron likes guys who can read what he does and play off of that yeah and that's gonna be too tall an order for for horton tucker Mm -hmm. i also just heard like various things like LeBron really doesn't like playing with JaVale. And I can see why. Because JaVale's kind of a, you know, a, 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 a loose cannon. You never mm-hmm. know quite what, yeah. he's, what he's going to do. So it's, I, 
it's an interesting question about the 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 Lakers because this is the other thing that the teams that we've seen excel uh, and maybe surprise us are all young teams uh-huh. with young talent, and I think they've taken advantage of the bubble in that. These players are not that far removed from AAU, which you know from yeah. going to Vegas. Like, you guys hang out, you go to hotels, you play games, you play PS4, you play Xbox, you do whatever, right? Yeah. But that's like you're hanging together like that and not really having much of an audience is that's normal. Yeah. Which is what these guys are experiencing in the bubble. Yeah. So the young players normally in a playoff atmosphere are at a disadvantage because they've never been in this situation before. They've never felt this pressure. They've never had to make a big shot with 20,000 fans screaming at them. Uh-huh. Now it's like they're playing on their turf, and the older guys who were used to the crowd getting them pumped up... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. ...don't it's, have it going for them. Yeah. So the Lakers are actually an outlier uh-huh. when it comes to the four teams that are remaining. Yeah. And I just wonder, I wonder how that's going to play in the, in the big picture. You know, they have the experience, but they have an experience in an atmosphere that really doesn't apply to this situation. Yeah. So what, I've never asked you this. We've never really talked about this. What, like, where do you put LeBron? How do you view LeBron in the league? And where do you put him historically? People are right to say that if he wins this championship, yeah, he's one of the greatest ever. If not okay. the greatest ever. I think he's he's at least top two. No one can put him out of the top two with Jordan. If he mm-hmm. wins this one. Yeah. Um, okay. Doesn't it, doesn't it matter how he wins it, though? I feel like he's the leader of this team. Right? Mm-hmm. More so than maybe any team he's ever he's ever led in a championship situation. Yeah. But does does it matter if he wins one, he wins one and it doesn't matter whether it's AD getting it done or I don't know. It, this is where it gets difficult. I don't see a way in which they could win a championship where LeBron isn't the biggest factor. Yeah. on the team, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, okay, so are you like I'm really curious is is that a is that a feeling among your friends? And I say this because, you, as you well know, your sister has a friend, a teammate, who, who is a huge LeBron, LeBron James fan. fan. Like, a, he, he can do no wrong. Uh, so I wonder, do you have any friends like that? What's the, what's the general view of the guys, uh, whether it's your friends or whether it's the guy, you know, the guy, your teammates? What, what's their view of, of LeBron? We honestly, we don't talk about LeBron that much. Who do you talk about most? We, so there's like Celtic, like it's not big name guys. Huh. To be honest, it's just either teams or it's like these small, small name guys that are making a difference. Hmm. So why do you think you guys don't talk about LeBron? God, I don't know. I, I don't like talking about LeBron. Yeah. So... If someone brings up LeBron, I have mixed feelings. Yeah. So I don't I, I'm not sure what to say about LeBron. And why do you have mixed feelings? Because I feel like both Kobe and Jordan, who are up there with LeBron, are guys that are 
insanely competitive mm. and go to huge heights to go get things done. Mm-hmm. And you can see it. Mm-hmm. You can see it in their face. You can see it in their eyes. I don't know that I've seen that from LeBron. Like, he'll go and he'll make plays and he'll be energized. Yeah. But I've, I, I don't think I've ever seen where he's, like, super tired, that look in his eyes, and he's like, okay, no one was going to stop me, and I went and I did that. Right, right. So I, I need to, our listeners to know that I did not coach Matt on this. He, he's, <laughs> he's not you, – you didn't get this from me. No. This is your observation. Yeah. Because I – and I would dare say a lot of basketball fans who are not LeBron stands feel the same way. Yeah. It's just – it's just that missing element. And yeah. I think for me, it's it's the – you see Kobe or Michael bone tired. You see them exhausted. Yeah. And the job's not done, and you know they're still going to go after it. Yeah. And there's just times where you feel like LeBron decides to check out. Uh-huh. He just makes a conscious de- – a business decision to check out. And I feel like also going along with business decisions, I feel like, like Michael – and Kobe, they didn't switch teams. Yeah. So you I give think credit for that. I give them a big credit for that. Because hmm. it's either people want to come play with you or you're taking what you have and yeah. you're going and getting it done. So and that, I think he, LeBron did a lot of selling Yeah, to other guys. So that brings us to what I think will be the last subject here. And this is just so people get to know you a little bit. And then we'll decide. We'll see. We're going to check the numbers. We're going to see the response. And then we'll decide whether you'll actually appear on this podcast again. Uh-huh. But your favorite player is Damian Lillard. Yes. So tell us why he's your favorite player. Because when you said staying with one team and you know recruiting guys and not just running after a ring or whatever, that made me immediately think of Damien because I think that's what he's been but what is it about him that because you are a big Damian Lillard fan like you're all in on Damian Lillard and I know that for you to be all in on somebody it can't be just because they're a good player there's got to be there's got to be some depth there to to why you like the guy well okay the first thing is he's from Oakland yep um I like that he went to a mid-major Um, I like that he came out of that and he worked really hard and he, because when you go to a mid-major, you got to show what you have. You have, like, every night you have to show that you're consistent, you're good to have a shot at the NBA or else maybe go undrafted, maybe join a team, but it's low chances. Second of all, Dame, I, I feel like that same thing that we just talked about I like countless times I've seen Dame when his team maybe isn't doing what it's supposed to. Maybe his team can't keep up. He he goes and he's he says, I'm getting this done. We're winning this game or I'm going down trying. I'm going to go. I'm going to take whatever shots I need to. I'm going to take the weirdest shots around a screen with my legs still back behind the screen, like taking that shot. He's, he's going to go and he's going to make sure it gets done. Yeah. Uh, what about, what about his, does his music matter? Does his, does his uh, social media presence matter? 
does uh, what he, I have to ask you? So he clapped back and didn't clap back. Oh, at Patrick Beverly. But he went at Pat Bev. He went at the Clips. He and CJ McCollum both jumped on that. Uh, what? How'd you feel about that? I think Pat Bev kind of went at him first. So I think that was just him responding. Okay. I I had the chance to meet him. He was super nice. Cracked a joke when I was in the short time that I met him. He was super humble, super nice. Not uh oh, I'm too good for you guy. Yeah. He's going to look you in the eyes. He's going to talk to you. He's going to say hi. What was the joke? I was standing there. What what did he say? When the when I was wearing, when I told him I had his college jersey, yeah. he's like, "Oh, they gotta send me some nu- some money for that." Ah, I got you. Got so, you, got you. Um, <laughs> I thought he was just super genuine and super yeah. nice. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Before we go, I have to mention our sponsor, one of our sponsors, Mizzen and Maine. <laughs> Matt knows Mizzen and Maine well, right? You've seen the shirts that I have, the yeah. blazer that I wear. Uh, pretty much, if you see me on FS1. I'm wearing Mizzen and Maine gear. It is performance wear uh, shirts, uh, formal shirts, dress shirts. They're super comfortable. If you have an issue like getting too hot or sweating or whatever, this will save you all kinds of uh, dry cleaning bills because you can just wash them and hang them and wear them again, wrinkle free. You've seen them, right? You gotta, you gotta send, or you gotta get me one of those. For I have mass, so when we go back to school, classrooms get really hot. I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need one of those shirts. Fair enough. We'll get it done. Go check it out, mizzenandmain.com, and tell them that uh, Buker and friends, Matt and Rick, sent you, and they should do something for you. But please check them out. Uh, I've. I have only used sponsors whose products that I believe in, and I certainly believe in these. The blazer is amazing because I've had custom suits made that don't fit as well as this blazer, and it was straight out, out of the box, off the rack. It's perfect. All right, that does it for this episode of Buker and Friends. Hope you enjoyed the conversation with Matt. Let us know on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts what you think of the show and uh, look our our sponsors love it when you give us a rating and we appreciate it as well in the next podcast i am hoping to have cj mccullum speaking of blazers want to talk to him with will blackman about both of them diving into the wine business and we'll find out what he was drinking the night that he joined damian lillard in letting the Clippers know exactly how it went down and what they thought about it. So for Matt, say goodbye, Matt. See ya. And myself, as always, thanks for listening. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com 
Let's get this dinner party started.